Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Bro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, and we've got a special episode for you tonight. So we've kind of readjusted everything from our recording time to our setup and everything. Uh, apologies, by the way, for those of you who tuned in extra early and expected us to go live at 8 on the dot. As you may have figured, uh, everybody has been doing Zoom broadcasts from Wave, where I work, to Podcast Network Asia. There's a little bit of troubleshooting involved. And more often than not, that has to happen when you have someone with slap soil internet. So, yeah. 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 Clearly, clearly it's it- not Ro, it's not Chino, and it's not me. And it's not TNA either. <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy whose picture is frozen, that's me. It's not the frozen picture, it's a picture for stuff like Oh, he yeah. can't even sprack properly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. so defeated. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, I don't know what internet you're using right now, but it, it ain't it. It ain't it at all. It, it, it ain't what we're on. So I'm paying for grade A internet, Camus. Yours is same continue. here. Right. So we're live on Facebook. Uh, everybody watching can see us. So this is us officially checking in. Stan C, Romaran, Chino Liao, and uh, Rafael, I have slap soil internet camus. Camus ka kasi mula pa lang nagpapa explicit uh, ano explicit content yeah, na, yeah, naputol ka tuloy. Yeah. Gone. Is he gone? This is all we're gonna get. Okay. I hate this. I hate this. I really feel bad for Kamu. And just tech and, and technology is just like kicking his ass repeatedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can see our faces on the thing now, on the on the stream. All right. Uh, as I said a few minutes ago, we've got a packed show for tonight. We have a very special guest, someone we haven't talked to on the podcast just yet. Uh, she is the very first Filipino-born wrestler to compete at Kurikan Hall, one of the legendary wrestling venues in Japan. And she competes for Ice Ribbon. Yappy will be joining us in a few minutes. So I've sent her the link to the Zoom call. And if you want to get your questions in for Yappy, ask her stuff about being a Filipino wrestler in Japan, uh, being a Joshi, uh, how she ended up from you know being a, a homegrown Pinoy like you and me and ended up wrestling in Japan. 
send those questions in uh, questions into our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. In the meantime, while we're uh, waiting for your questions, you can also tweet us. It is at underscore Stan C, at Throw is War, at Caveman Camus, at Chino Supersized, and at Wrestling2XPod. So while those questions are coming in, we've got to get the big elephant in the room out of the way. And we have to talk about the WWE. <laughs> we have to talk about Camus' slap soil interview. Oh, no, no. That was the first thing we addressed. Uh, uh, we have to talk about WWE being deemed an essential business by the state of Florida. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how they got around uh, the stay-at-home mandate that was laid down by the Florida state government. Clearly, uh, they have you know politicked their way into being able to do live shows, not just tape, uh, not just tape episodes of uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT anymore. So they're back to doing live shows every week. Uh, because they're afraid that both uh, at that either either USA Network, NBC Universal, or Fox will pull their TV deal out because they're only apparently supposed to have a set number of taped episodes per year. And three, the right? three. Yeah, set three. Uh, it, no, it depends on the network. I think USA's was three. Uh, okay. But um, on the other hand, Dave Meltzer also notes that uh, at this point. They are the only ones running on these networks uh, right now uh, when it comes to sports. So, parang may leverage din sila on that regard. I don't know why they panicked over not being or or you know being uh, pulled off of their TV deal. Chaka, okay, I don't know if this is verified, but somebody was reported to have uh, tested positive for COVID nineteen backstage, right? Yeah, yeah there was uh, interviews that also came out, and then on top of that. There are also reports coming out that Vince McMahon is part of the committee that should advise Donald Trump about how to restart the American economy following the pandemic. So we have all these things coming together to form this big issue that we're going to try to unpack in the next couple of minutes. Uh, for starters, it's a very bad decision. A very bad, um, it's a very bad look for them to continue holding these shows live, to fly in talent, especially when you have 70-year-old Jerry Lawler, who is uh, part of the, basically, yung prime target demographic of someone who could get infected by COVID-19. We'll, we'll get to his racist comment about Akira Tozawa in a bit. Uh, but just the fact that you're flying in a 70-year-old from Memphis with known heart issues, who is old, uh, to, to, to broadcast, such, a, such an ill-advised thing to do. And it's not only that. You have Daniel Bryan who has an autoimmune disease. He came out with an autoimmune disease. And that already exposes him to infection right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 I maintained uh, earlier that okay lang sana for them to keep doing this. Kind of okay for them to keep doing this as long as there was no case yet. But since we have a case, or we had a case now, the person in question is not actually recovering. Or has recovered. Uh, I think now is not the time to continue risking the roster's health. Dapat uh, may na at this point. Yeah, um, I, I don't know how how we can redeem this because uh, everybody seems to agree that the WWE being named an essential business is a big joke. Now, it's such a ridiculous thing to say, and anyone who buys into it and says, "Na oh yeah, tama nga naman, essential nga naman sila." Um, what what Kool Aid are you drinking? 
yeah, are you starved? Are you that starved of sports and entertainment to to really prioritize your own your own enjoyment over these people's uh, well being? <laughs> to call them an uh, essential business. I don't know about you guys. Oh, sorry, Chino, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I just want to say that I, while I understand WWE's position as a business, having been put in that position wherein they have to produce or else lose all that money, I, I, and I get that point. But what I don't get is why put your talent at risk. At the end of the day, kayo din yung mahihirapan eh, diba? Like, if, the, if guys like Daniel Bryan or Roman Reigns or Jerry the King Lawler even get, catch the virus, diba? who's to say that it won't affect the product in the long run? Yeah, there's that. And I, I'm not sure about you guys, but I have, uh, I have at least one uh, friend from high school also from, uh, you know, he's also on my Facebook feed, who said, na, yay, yay, WWE continues to produce live entertainment. That, that's a good thing because I'm really bored and I'm stuck at home. And I went out of my way to comment on his post to say, I don't give a shit about your enjoyment. I don't give a shit about your boredom. I don't <laughs> want my favorite wrestlers, or any wrestler for that matter, or any crew member, uh, to be at risk for your entertainment. You know, actually, after after King's uh, after King's Akira Tozawa comment from this week's Raw, shall See, he can go, but every anyone else, uh, just keep him safe. Camus says that there are too many factors with this appointment that don't make sense, like uh, how the state of Florida is picking entertainment people and no scientist in general, and that this is even bigger Kool-Aid than the Florida essential business deal. Um, I'm, I'm not very well-versed in American politics. Um, all we know from, from yung point of view natin as outsiders looking in is that there is a bigger endgame, and that is the fact that uh, it, it was cl- clearly transactional. You can see it. Cavus is going to be joining us via text. All right, yeah, because like, we can see him Talking chatting, but he's evening. not even attempting to talk. Yeah. Hi, Camus. You can try right now. <laughs> See, trying, trying. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, he actually wanted to talk a lot about this. So, if Camus, if you have anything else to say, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Yeah, <laughs> just lift off Donald Trump. Anyway. Okay. All right. Um. So, uh, since Ro mentioned Jerry Lawler, uh, we got to talk about him as well. Because, uh, uh, one. Uh, he's the last person who should be flown out there. And two, people on Twitter are calling for his head after a very racially insensitive remark he made on commentary referring to Akira Tozawa. So Tozawa had a match this week on Raw and uh, he was facing Austin Theory and then he uh, did a senton off the steel steps and then tinawag ni King na ramen noodle moonsault ni move. You sent on, right? Yeah, the yeah, senton. Yeah, yeah. It was a senton yeah, so off call- the steps, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. Right? So we don't need to explain why this is a racially insensitive comment. It's very much in the same vein as what Jim Cornette said on the last episode of NWA Power that he was on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah, in the same uh, territory. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really boomer stuff. Uh, shows you how what they think of these of of minorities, right? So we reduce uh, a minor of people of different ethnicities, yeah, to their stereotypes. And it doesn't look good at all. Yeah, uh, I don't even know the response to this anymore other than, you know, uh, speak up about it, tweet about it. 
Uh, well, to be fair, uh, they did do something about it. Uh, on the on the Hulu replay of Raw, they edited the line out, so they knew that it was bad, and they managed it accordingly. Yeah, you just wonder kung meron pa talaga, kung meron mang ramifications or consequences in house, right? Or ah, si King naman is again, let's let him go scot free, you know? Uh, probably I don't know, probably. Uh, it's probably the latter since King is such an institution. Um, let's uh, before we move it hasn't on, real quick. Them before, sorry. sorry, it hasn't. It hasn't stopped the WWE right. before from hiring, rehiring Jared King Lawler. I mean, okay, I'm not defending what the King said, but at the same time, I don't think it's as insensitive as what Cornette said. Now, we're not comparing insensitivities here. In my case, what I'm trying to get at here is. King tried to make a joke. The joke failed, as do all his other jokes. <laughs> but I don't want to give it so much weight. Kasi parang, okay, it's, a wrong, it's the wrong time to try and do an open mic during a broadcast. Guaranteed. But at the same time, calling for his head after he's done so many more, much more wrong things, it's a little, it's a little too much for me. Um, you know what? I want to comment on that. I I don't want I I don't really want um I want him off the commentary team not because of this racially insensitive comment. It's part of it. Pero medyo laos rin siya yung act niya, yung skills niya as a color commentator. If that and and incident no incidents like this isn't helping his case for staying for staying an on air talent for as long as he has. Yeah, I don't have a problem with taking him out just because he's a little out of touch. We already know that, right? Like the dad joke show during commentary. Nobody else does that. Right? Nobody has done that since the 90s. So if that's if that's your basis for getting rid of him, fine. But I, I say I have a thicker skin when it comes to particularly when it comes to like comedy and, and racist jokes. Even if it's Yes, Camus, I understand. It's still racist, but you know, sometimes it isn't enough for a basis to call for somebody's head. Right? No, you know what? I I would get rid of him just because he's he's a PR liability. That's it. That's pretty much it. That that's is true. good that's yeah. a good enough reason to get rid of him on okay. off commentary. Also, yeah. shout out to Camus for being Sammy Guevara right now. And of course, yeah, Martin. Of course, uh, Cornette would defend Lawler. They're both old racist white men. Oh, it's more malalata talaga si Cornette. I mean, there's no we're not arguing who's no, more Mar- racist uh, here. Our our friend Martin calls it ironic. I don't think it's ironic at all. We've got a question coming in from Manga Pro Wrestling who asks, uh, "What do you guys think about the Japanese wrestling scene possibly doing something similar to what WWE is doing?" So he's quoting um, a. a a paragraph from an article that states that representatives of seven different companies have met and submitted a direct request to Senator Hiroshi Hase to allow pro wrestling activity in Japan to resume, requesting testing kits for every wrestler and compensation for lost pay in the last month. Um, uh, I don't really know how to comment on that because I don't know how bad or how good it is in Japan. Like in dinner, uh, we've seen. Yeah, yeah, we've seen. Uh, a lot of a, a number of companies, usually the smaller companies in Japan, operate conti- despite the despite the threat, despite the situation, despite the lockdown. So I don't know what the deal is for real. Maybe our guest could answer this. Maybe she, uh, we'll see if she can. But uh, same then, I think uh, 
the Japan promotion should also kind of lay low for a while, even though I know it's important for them to keep going uh, for their own sakes. But champre, uh, the health and safety of everyone over there is paramount. Ginto, um, I was in Japan last February, diba, and right. I was actually able to catch a stardom show. And right after we left Japan, that's when the pandemic began to, to peak all over the world. So right after that stardom event, I watched stardom actually stopped having shows. Either that or they started having mga empty arena shows. So uh, they also started closing down theme parks like Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea the week after I'd left. So when I was there, which was in mid-February, you could see that people were wearing masks, people were taking extra precautions. Halos lahat ng corner merong hand sanitizer and whatever. But I'm not so sure uh, how, again, how good or bad it is because I don't live there. And, you know, we don't live there. So uh, the, I think the best thing to do right now is to ask our guest. Yappy would probably know um, a little bit better at least how, how it's being handled over there. Right. All right. So are we done about this? Because Martin has a question. Back to uh, King. So, yeah, I want to so, address this. Okay. Martin asks, uh, was King's comment the same as JR accidentally saying Oriental on air? Uh, all right, there's, there's, a, there's a distinction between the way uh, people use the word Oriental. Because if you use it as an adjective to describe something as coming from the East, uh, that's okay. You know, Oriental rug and all that. But if you use it as uh, a noun to call someone from the uh, someone Asian, then that is where it gets problematic. <laughs> that is the problematic word use of the uh, word. Chaka, okay. What I what I think is happening here is with in Jr's case, it's more of what he's used to calling. I'm not saying he's used to being racist. I'm just saying in his vernacular, that sounds normal to him. No, he wasn't going. He wasn't going for a punchline, you know. He wasn't trying to be funny. He wasn't even trying to be racist. It's just something that comes off the top of his head as a color commentator. Now, was it was it out of touch? Was it racist? Definitely. But comparing it to King's comment, King phrased it in the form of a joke, which means he was it was a pointed remark. Eh? He was trying to elicit a reaction, even if it wasn't the reaction he wanted. So I feel like it, it slightly JR is is better off. Uh, I, I can, I'm trying to remember then the exact details of JR's incident. If I remember it correctly, he was using it as an adjective to, uh, to describe Shida. something from the East. Yeah, to describe Hikarushida. Oh okay, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of weird. It's kind of off. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, there so, you go. Uh, there you have it, Martin. Yeah, so uh, uh, your thoughts go that it wasn't the pointed remark, it was it was something that was just said off the top of his dome. All right. Oh well. Yeah. Uh so so that's happening. Um or or that's that's among the things that we've uh, um encountered, I guess, in the world of wrestling. Uh on, on the AEW front, tape parincilla, but they still have a set of episodes in the can for the yeah, next it's tape. Yeah, and they have they set the date for um, double or nothing on their Instagram page. Yeah, yeah. So they did. Uh, so it, I, I'm I'm guessing double or nothing is their equivalent of WrestleMania at this point, and it's set for late May. So that's still happening. Pero uh, yung tickets for that show are valid for the following year's double or nothing. So yung balita. Because they are planning to. Uh, Tape double or nothing as well, right? Like yeah, yeah. Oh. I I think that's the plan. So um, I uh, I don't 
agree then with yung with, with what AEW is doing, but I think their hand is kind of forced by WWE. Like that's the way I see it. Uh, if I, actually if their hand is forced by WWE, then they should be forced to. Uh, it should be forced to uh, actually stop and take a break because it oh. would if I if. It, it would, if it comes down to what people think, they would look a lot more better, a lot better, for having for having the the, the decency to stop uh, their tapings for now. Yeah, according it to, would have been good PR for them. Yeah, uh, according to Sign Guy Camos, uh, BTE uh, being the elite actually has matches too. Wow. Okay. Uh, like the are the young bucks on that on that BTE card? Or? Let's get to one last bit of news. I'm not sure if we talked about this last week, but Jordan Devlin has been stripped of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Wait, okay. No, wait, no, 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 not stripped. Not stripped. Not stripped. Uh, he just can't come over to the US because he's got a travel ban. Uh, Instead of being stripped, oh, there's Kamos right now. Okay, uh, box. Box at the Hardy compound. Okay. Right. right. Jordan Devlin was not stripped. Instead, uh, they're making an interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship for everyone who is in the US. So, not everyone. Because there is a select number of people from the Cruiserweight division competing. So, uh, this tournament will be held on NXT and 205 Live. It's going to be a round-robin Japanese-style tournament with two blocks of four wrestlers each, uh, like with the G1 and like with the Best of Super Juniors. Uh, these eight guys will be competing with each other in their division, and then the, pe- the two people with the most points uh, meet each other in the finals. And then they compete for the NX- interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and then they probably go on to face... Jordan Devlin, whenever that's possible. So I actually like this uh, on their end, because at least he's not hostage in cruiserweight championship, and uh, it still makes sense story-wise. It's it's an interim champion. Even yung rebuttal ni Jordan Devlin and a portion of video from his living room hawak ni title, and he's he's like, "Kai tino pa yan, uh, When this is all over, I'm going to defeat you, and I'll, I'll prove that I'm the real champ." So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I don't it makes think sense it's at all. It's also a great way to introduce some new characters like. Uh, El Hijo del Fantasma, formerly known as King Cuerno from Lucha Underground, and Jake Atlas. So they're among the competitors. Drake Maverick, as Camus is pointing out, is now an active competitor as well. So he's also in the tournament. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of Shane Strickland. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, or Killshot, is also in the tournament. So uh, there's a bit of Lucha Underground history there. Um, yeah, uh, it. I'm excited for this, and it actually gives me more reason to tune into NXT and 205 again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited to say 205 Live has been pared down to a 30-minute show with two back-to-back matches of 10 minutes each. So I'm really happy that these guys get something to do. And apatalinada for even co-opting the Japanese tournament style because it gives them enough content for weeks, right? So I'm looking forward, and this is just you know no no nonsense, nonstop action in the cruiserweight division. So this is gonna be fun. Finally, glad to see them uh, putting their investment in the cruiserweight division to good use. Josh, if the success uh, shows in this format, 
that they've taken on, sana they carried over to other um, other pay-per-views, other tournament styles, diba? Like, who's to say we won't see it as the new way to determine the king of the ring or something, you know? Something down the road. All right. So, uh, we're gonna get to more wrestling talk in a bit, uh, particularly with some uh, with some documentaries and films that you might want to watch while we're all still in lockdown or quarantine mode. Um, I've, I've got some stuff to say about the latest Dark Side of the Ring episode and the, uh, the film My Dad is a Heel Wrestler starring Hiroshi Tanahashi. So um, I caught those before recording and I'll talk about it later on at the end. But right now, uh, we are ready to get our guest on the show. She has joined the call and babyface producer hey. Ryan is about to patch her in. So let's give her a quick intro habang uh, uh, ni Ryan si Yappy into the call. Uh, like I said earlier, she is the very first Filipino-born wrestler to compete at Currican Hall. And she is part of the roster of Ice Ribbon, which is one of the many Joshi promotions in Japan. Please welcome to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, Yappy. She here? Yeah, there she is. Hello, Yappy. Hey, Yappy. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. My first time using Zoom. Am I coming in okay? Yes, yes. yes. You are. Way better than Kamus is, actually. <laughs> oh, yay. Japanese internet. Yeah. It's not a internet. Yeah, it's not soil internet. How's it going, Yappy? How are you uh, during this time? Um, is it lockdown mode in, in, in Japan? Are you guys also in home quarantine? Um, actually, legally, it's unconstitutional to issue a lockdown, so the government can't do it. What they're doing oh. is, what they're doing is making a strong request to the public. That's the best they can do. That and explains a lot. <laughs> Sorry, it's up to the Japanese citizens to follow the guidelines. Although a couple of days ago, uh, Prime Minister Abe finally, finally, um, uh, put us in a state of emergency. Which means that uh, shopping malls are closed and theaters are closed, but izakayas are strongly requested to close after 8 p.m. And okay, uh, for those who aren't familiar, the izakayas are like uh, the the small bars, the metal bar stools, where uh, like eight to ten people can fit inside, along with the yes. Uh, so you can get drunk on a Centauri highball, but until 8, 8 p.m. lang, I assume. Like that's the deal. So are you guys also working from home at this point? Um, well, uh, Ice Ribbon is doing uh, live stream shows at the moment. So uh, um, we do, like, our dojo show is usually on Saturdays. So what we did, we're doing, like, uh, empty arena shows. And um, when we do the cards, it's always, uh, it's always um, emphasized that if you don't feel safe coming to the dojo to, the dojo to perform, you don't have to be in the cards. So, um, some of some of, uh, we have some wrestlers who live uh, in the dojo, and we have uh, th- we have a dorm that is a block away from the dojo. So from there, it's easy to come to the dojo, and some people like live around it. I was able to work out like uh, a good time to go to the dojo when the trains are completely empty. So yeah, so those of us who feel safe coming to the dojo can come, and then there's no penalty for anybody who doesn't want to perform on that day. So generally, yung mga wrestling companies, they are still operating. Because as you said, Ice Ribbon, for example, is still having empty arena shows. So um, like you know, business as usual for the, for the promotions. 
Um, not everybody. Uh, of course, like there are some that are backed by, like financially backed by big companies. So those decided to stop shows altogether. Uh, yep. Smaller ones like me and then other promotions. An, another promotion is doing also empty arena shows. And then the others are just taking a break. So it depends on how big the company is. So there are some micro promotions that uh, in the first place, they don't really do so many shows to begin with. So they, it's, it's not such a big change for them to not have shows at the moment. And some are struggling a bit that, you know, this is like the livelihood of most of the wrestlers. So they're really, they really like tried it until the very, very end, until the government really said no more. That's when they finally, they stopped running the shows. We were supposed to do an empty arena like on, on uh, May 4th is supposed to be our Yokohama Cultural Gymnasium show, which is the biggest show the biggest show of the year usually we draw like you know 1500 or something people in there it's a really big gymnasium and we were going to do an empty arena but then yokohama already said no so that's canceled too how how are uh, people in japan dealing with it though like is there is there unrest from citizens or are people panicking my panic buying din ba like uh, there is here um when when the government was kind of hinting at the idea of a lockdown, people were starting to get scared. Like when I went to the supermarket, it was, you know, there was no more rice or no more meat. And then after a few days, people calmed down because all the food companies issued the notice that we have enough stocks. We will stock the supermarket every day. Just buy what you usually buy. So now, like um, when I'm, I, I buy food just to minimize, you know, the amount of time that I have to go out. Maybe I'll buy five days worth of food, but then when mm -hmm. I go to the supermarket, it feels it feels like a normal day at the supermarket. So, well, you know, it's actually, yeah, sorry, sorry it's actually interesting that you mentioned that Japanese people started quote unquote panic buying because over here people are just panic buying like crazy, and so <laughs> so it's actually funny to me because Japanese people are. Like more known for their discipline, co discipline compared to us Pinoys, right? So, so it's I, so I'm I, I'm glad that you know everything's uh, calmed down. Everybody's maintained a sense of uh, composure over uh, in Japan. Well, I think also because um, the com uh, you know the, it, it's in collaboration with the government that they're always having these notices. Like our messengers, uh, the popular messenger in Japan is Line. And line is constantly every day. They would ask you, "How are you feeling?" And then they would send that info to the government. It's like, "Do you have a fever today? Are you feeling normal? Do you have a cough?" And then everyone would just, you know, say how you feel, and then that data gets sent to the government. And then, yeah, I guess also um, Japanese people, aside from the discipline, there's this whole, um, you know, uh, culture of keeping faith. Like if you go. To, to the supermarket and you have a cart full of toilet paper, everyone's gonna look at you. And yeah. it's like, oh my God, look at you. And they have this um, they have this term, a member of society. And if you look, that is not the behavior of someone who's a member of society. Japan, Japan, man, Japan. But also, question that's of honor? Like, there, are, there are signs telling you that you know, each person is only allowed like one, one pack of toilet paper each, one pack of masks each. 
But there have, I mean, there's still, it's not perfect though. There's still stories of people like hoarding stuff and then they're selling it on, on Yahoo auction and Merukari for like super high prices. So it's still happening. But then the government started cracking down on that and then they're getting fined for doing it. Good on the Japanese government and good on society and your culture, you know, or their culture for, you know, uh, yeah, actually <laughs> conditioning people, yeah, conditioning people to not hoard and not be uh, a-holes about it. Uh, so, so, okay, just for context, I'm not sure if you're able to catch the first part of the podcast, but Camus' internet is really bad, <laughs> which is really funny because he lives in a very posh subdivision in Makati, uh, Bel Air. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's why he's uh, reduced to being the Sammy Guevara of the of the podcast. So he's asking how your training's been affected since all of this started, like in terms of your workout or in ring conditioning and all that. Uh, yeah, I haven't been coming to train as much as I should. Uh, usually, I train like our training sessions. We have training sessions four times a week. Ever since uh, this has been happening, maybe I've come uh, twice a week. So I have been gaining a little bit of weight, I guess. Um, okay. I, I try, <laughs> I try to jog outside, but but like uh, as you know, I don't know if you know, but Japanese apartments are known for being very small. Yeah. Actually, my apartment is twice the size of an average person, an average Tokyo person's apartment, and even then, I have like I have my drawing table set up. I have I have all of this. So if I want to exercise, I have to move everything to the side just to do push ups. So I'm really more comfortable practicing in the dojo, but also like um our our main trainer who's uh Mio Shirai, um if you're familiar with Io Shirai, yes, Mio Shirai is Io Shirai's bigger older sister. She uh, has uh she has a baby who's not even one year old, oof. and she brings him to training. Uh, so sometimes she'll be holding the she'll be holding like you know a a, a mitt. With the baby strapped behind her, and we're like, "Are you sure we can kick you at full force? Like, do you really want us to forearm you at full force? The baby's on you." It's like, "Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead." And like, and we're all like looking at the baby. Is it okay? But anyway, uh, back to that. So she has a little baby, so we're all worried. You know, like we we don't want to expose the baby to anything. So she started doing her training online. So we're gonna have her on camera. She's gonna tell us what to do. Or she started lecturing. So. Uh, instead of uh, physical training, it's lectures. So Zoom calls then? Pardon? Uh, Zoom calls. Like you're, you're all having the lectures on Zoom calls just the same? Uh, actually, we use Line. So Line video. But yeah, okay. so she's just like, one time she's like, uh, she gave us like a lecture on on wrestler decorum. And another one is like a le- lecture on, you know, how to, how to um, build yourself up as a wrestler, stuff like that. And other than that, uh, we also have trainers from other promotions coming in. So it's also at their discretion if they want to come to the dojo that day or not. Last Monday, uh, we decided to just uh, cancel all training. There's training tomorrow, although I'm still waiting for word whether it's going to go on or not. So, um, but uh, on, the dojo, uh, on the dojo show, so if we're, gonna have a sh- we're having a show on Saturday. So we usually have two hours of training before the dojo show. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's going to be my training for the week. So every journey starts from somewhere. And I, uh, I'm i assuming yours started from you being a fan. Like, um, it, it's not very... Well, I, I guess there are wrestlers who weren't really fans growing up. But what's your origin story? Were you also a fan of wrestling as a child? Um, when I was a kid, uh, my, my brother was a big WWE fan. So his favorites were... Uh, 
Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I remember. Um, I really loved Undertaker. I had the crush on Undertaker when I was a little kid. Wow. Anyway, First, I've um, never heard that before. Oh my god! <laughs> First time. Everything I get. Especially when you know he wouldn't show his face. That was so mysterious for little girl me. Uh, anyway, uh, but I wasn't as into it uh, until my family started watching Glow. So now there's that Glow TV series on Netflix, but in the yep. 80s it was an actual wrestling promotion. The the that, original Glow. Yeah, that's what I was watching. And that was when I was like, oh my God, these girls are cute and they're big and some are big, some are cute, some look strong and some look delicate and they're all wrestlers. And that's when I started thinking, hey, I can be a wrestler too. And so that's when I started appreciating my brother's random attacks. Because before, you know, I was a very girly girl. I'd play with dolls, I'd have tea parties. And then my brother would come in, so blah! So then he'll just grab me and send me flying. I'm like, ah! really hated my brother for that. And then when I started watching Glow, I'm like, yeah, let's go! So, did you ever get injured or did you ever get hurt to the point na nagalit yung parents nyo and like banned wrestling from the household? Well, uh, actually, uh, me and my brothers, we would fight all the time whether to play wrestling or not. And it was like legit death matches, man. Oh. Kami ng, like, we have like this solid wooden statue and we throw it at each other. If any of us got hit, it would be a very serious injury. There's this one legendary fight we had where he he hit my head back and it hit the corner of the wall. So I got mad. So I chased him with an umbrella. And then he got hold of a drill. Then he started chasing me with a drill. So and wow. then and then oh you and then oh you oh na si mommy. Let's watch TV. Someone you want snack. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when you guys, so when you guys fight, what was your go-to move? For a Go <laughs> Just, whatever, whatever is in reach, in true deathmatch fashion, whatever is in reach. <laughs> so this is from when you were a kid, right? Uh, but did you ever fall out of the fandom, like when you uh, were a teenager or when you went to college, or did wrestling stay with you until then? I did. I did kind of fall out of the fandom a bit because you know I I got into other hobbies and but then when I like maybe ten years ago I started getting back into it and I remember watching uh, a video of Toyota Manami uh, Manami Toyota which is like arguably one of the most legendary like one of the best Joshi wrestlers of all time and. I was saying that someday I want to at least watch her live because I want to be in the same building as her. Funny enough, instead of just being in the same building as her, last Christmas we were singing karaoke together. So wow, nice. like, wow! And I was like, singing, and I was like, is this reality? I'm, I'm singing next to the best Joshi of all time. I please don't go off key. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that happen? How did you get roped back in? Uh, like, uh, was there like a life event or did it just happen uh, to come across your screen or were you walking in the streets of uh, wherever you were at the time? Um, I, I started, I think it was just, you know, drawing, I was just drawing because I'm also an artist and I was looking for something to draw and I just, out of the blue, I remember, oh yeah, I used to write wrestling. So let me try drawing some girls fighting because it's good for anatomy and action practice. And I started watching the videos. I was like, oh my God, I remember how much I used to love this. And then I continued watching it. And then when I was in, when I was living in China, so that's over 10 years ago, 
I used to think, wow, I wish I could be a wrestler. I wish I could be a wrestler. And I actually like designed these costumes for myself and cosplay in my room, take pictures like a real loser. And then, but I never actually thought I would become a wrestler. So when I came to Japan, my friend who's also into wrestling, he brought me to my first uh, Joshi show. And that's where I saw some ex-Ice Ribbon wrestlers. And I enjoyed seeing them. And then my friend said, oh, yeah, you did, they used to uh, wrestle for Ice Ribbon. And, you know, Ice Ribbon, has, uh, Ice Ribbon offers lessons. And then I researched Ice Ribbon a bit because I watched a few about it. And so I researched their culture. So you're just going on Reddit and, you know, anything you can get from the internet about what the culture is like. And they have this kind of sisterly relationship with each other and uh, as, like very little promotion drama between wrestlers. And I thought, oh, my God, this looks like such a nice place. And so I bit the bullet and entered the school, not intending to be pro. Because usually pro wrestlers, female pro wrestlers, debut at around 15 to 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And they retire at around 35 years old. At that time, I was 37. So way past retirement age. So I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to go in here as a hobby. So I just want to, you know, I just want to exercise with everyone, meet some wrestlers, you know, practice some body slams. So I entered November 2017. And then in Feb 2018, they told me, hey, do you want to help out at Korakuen Hall? Just, you know, a staff. I'm like, sure. So I did one. And then a month later, the president called me to his office. And he said, Yappy, do you want to debut? (laughs) I was like, what? Huh? This this was not in the plan. But this is, uh, obviously, uh, this is after uh, a lot of time training in the dojo. Yes, correct. This was to see. November, December. This was after four months of training casually. Wow. So how many Training times casually. Yeah. So how, how, how many times a week is casually? Like, yeah. At week? least twice a week. It's Mondays and Thursdays from 6.30 wow. to 8.30 p.m. It's very two hours. <laughs> two hours twice a week. Yeah. Wow. And then um, if you want to become pro, then you start, go, you start joining the pro training. Uh, I started out doing like a... So now it's... I, hmm. Ah, so it became Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wow. So okay, so uh, they uh, they asked you if you wanted to debut. I'm assuming you said yes. So, yeah, Actually, said I yes. said if I can. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't ask like say yes. I said if I can. So they uh, put you on the show. Do you remember your first match and who it was against? And uh, are there any? Are there any unusual stories from that first match or from the preparation leading into that first match? Ah, well, it was, um, the thing is, like, when, when you're on the debut path, uh, towards your debut, they're really going to work you hard because, you know, they're really doing their best to get you in, you know, in, in the best shape you can be yep. for the ring. And this is a rite of passage for every wrestler. You will cry during training. So at that time, uh, Mio was on maternity leave. So she brought in Misaki Ohata as uh, the trainer. Who's, um, at first I thought Mio was a hard ass. Ohata is even worse. 
like I still have like nightmares of her training. <laughs> but so um, it was like you have to go through a protest. You have uh, so you you have to go through a physical test. You have to uh, do so, a lot of drills, and it's just like. Every week, I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to debut. I'm not going to debut. This is terrible. And then towards that, and actually, the thing is, when people debut at ISERVEN, usually, you will be announced as uh, Ren Shusei, which is a trainee. And then you'll start doing a series of exhibition matches. So no costume, just in training clothes before the event with a yeah. pro. They did not do that for me. So... Usually, you have about three, three months to prepare for your debut. For me, they called me to the office and they're like, Hey, Yappy, uh, you know, there's an event two weeks from now. It's like, yeah, you're going to debut. I'm like, <laughs> where's, where's my trainee introduction? Where's my exhibition match? Where, uh? so, Did you catch any heat from the other wrestlers or the other trainees <laughs> for like bypassing that entire process? Really, I think I think the thing with Ice Ribbon, there's really very little like drama between how someone go you know goes through one path or the other. It's like, oh well, this that's how they're doing it with her. Okay, oh that's how they're doing it with her. Okay. But so, did you have an, any inkling why it was why you were being treated like that? Why you were kind of an, kind of fast tracked, if you will? I'm just thinking that they needed more than one debut that year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because usually we debut like one or two wrestlers or even three wrestlers per year. And also, um, I had been training for a year and a half at that point. And I think they just suddenly decided, you know what, let's debut her. Pwede na yan, kaya na yan. <laughs> so. um, wow. You were talking about the drills that were giving you nightmares. And Kamus uh, knows a thing or two about nightmares drills. So does Ro. So can you describe for our listeners who... Uh, probably aren't familiar with wrestling training, which drills gave you the hardest time? Which drills? Um, it's just uh, because by itself, it's not so hard, but when you're doing so, uh, you know, so many of it, uh, so much of it, like uh, one time, so one of the drills that they made me do was do a back bump, do a forward bump, and then do a drop kick bump 30 times without stopping to rest. Wow. So it's wow. like, bump, 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 bump. And then, after 10, I was okay. After 20, I was in tears. Because, you know, like, after 20 bumps, you're already getting tired. And then, the, my coach was like yelling, your form is, your form is suffering. It's like, don't let your form suffer. And then, and then I don't care if you're tired, do not show us you're tired. Oh, and so, that makes sense. And, <laughs> and and while I'm doing that, so at the time I was a trainee and I was surrounded by five pros, and they're all just watching me do it, and they're all just watching me do it with tears streaming down my face. So aside from the physical aspect of it, there's this huge mental aspect that was also eating up at me. Because I feel like, you know, every eye here is judging me and it was like, oh my God, maybe they think I'm not worth debuting after all. So I think that was one of the hardest moments. So wow. during, during that time, when you were in the middle of training, when it got super hard, what made you want to continue with it? Was it something that you 
accidentally fell in love with? Did you really want to debut, or was it just something you wanted to accomplish? Well, yeah, I, I did want to debut because this was a childhood dream that I never even thought was within my reach. And another one was accountability because when I started getting on the debut path, I, I made a post on Facebook. Guess what? I'm going to debut as a wrestler. <laughs> and then I've been posting stuff about my training to my friends and family. So like, oh my God, I can't stop now. I've been making yabang for like a year now. <laughs> so, there's no turning back. Uh, did uh, To train in Ice Ribbon, is there like a fee that you have to pay? Because like internationally, wrestling schools do charge, right, for training. And uh, there have been a lot of stories of wrestlers that uh, didn't really come from affluent backgrounds. So, like in your case, uh, was it expensive to even get into the industry or to get started um, to training? Of course, I can only speak for Ice Ribbon. Ice Ribbon's wrestling school, um, actually... For me, it doesn't seem to be that much. Um, there, you have two options. You can either go the visitor option, which means that you just pay when you come. It's two thousand yen per session, so one thousand pesos per session. Yeah. Or you can pay the monthly fee, which is five thousand yen, so two thousand five hundred for the entire month. And with the two thousand five hundred, aside from being able to train twice a week for two hours each. You also get a passport for the dojo matches, so you can watch the dojo matches on Saturdays for free. Wow. And one dojo match ticket is four thousand yen. Wow! So that, so that's actually a really like, big yes. value. Hmm. Actually, feels like a real martial arts dojo. The way it's set up, uh, how you can train and come per session or for a whole month. So that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. You mentioned that you started at thirty-seven, and uh, you already have. You're already in Japan. You have a full-time job. Was it hard to balance everything, like with your career and then with wrestling training? And uh, what, what do you do? Like, um, uh, are you a, a freelance artist? Do you work for a company? Um, I'm pretty much freelance because I I do freelance illustration and I also do like English teaching per contract. So with the English teaching, I'm under a company, but then I'm the one who dictates my schedule. So. I can choose my hours. I can choose when and how much to work. So I always work it around my wrestling schedule. Uh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty convenient because, uh, yeah, like a lot of the guys here and a lot of the girls here as well, they have to balance their full time jobs with uh, with wrestling training, which uh, explains why you casual for you guys is <laughs> way more training than than we do. Like for us, like two two training days uh, a week. Is a luxury already. That's true. Mm. That's true. So um, let's get to Japan. Let's talk about how you ended up in Japan in the first place. Like, um, what what what's your story, and how did you end up uprooting yourself from the Philippines and going all the way there? Ah, well, I don't know. I've always been like kind of a dandelion, <laughs> like <laughs> in I, the wind. I've lived in Japan. I mean, I'm living in Japan. I've lived in China, and. Um, so it, it's not really such a big deal for me to go somewhere because I think I'm pretty much, a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge introvert and I'm always like happiest when I'm by myself. So it's not such a big deal for me, you know, to, to leave my family. I mean, I'm constantly in contact with them, but I'm the kind of person who doesn't need to be within a community to thrive. So at that 
time, it was just a it was a spur of the moment decision that oh yeah, you know what, I'm gonna move to Japan. Actually, I was in a relationship at that time, and then but the person I was with was living in Korea. And then they're like, they can't come to the Philippines and there's no job for me in Korea. So we're like, what do we do? Let's move to Japan. Okay. And then within six months, we were in Japan. So very Bilisan. impulsive. Yeah, Super Bilis. impulsive. <laughs> they're not in Japan anymore. We're not together anymore. But I decided to stay. So. Was it easy for you to find work there? Um, that's the thing. It's actually quite hard for Filipinos to get, uh, to, get to Japan. Not because they don't want to hire Filipinos, but because of uh, the barrier that uh, the uh, uh, Philippine government has. You cannot be directly hired by a Japanese company. You have to go through an accredited agency in the Philippines and you have to pay them a little bit. So I kind of did a workaround. I went to Japan to study Japanese. I went to a Japanese school. And then while I was there, I was job hunting and then switched to a work visa while I was in Japan. Wow. Because lot, otherwise, you can't do that from the Philippines. Was that easy, though? I mean, um, or how, how challenging was that? Super challenging because I only had 90 days on my visa. So I had wow. 90 days to find a job and process, <laughs> process the visa. So I found a job one month in. So I had two months left. And then you have to process the visa. My visa came six days before my tourist visa ran out. Wow. Wow. All right. So Lucy well, takes down notes. Oh, I was already like my staff. My my stuff was like half packed. I'm like, am I going home or am I not? Am I staying or am I not? And then, oh my god! And I used up like I I used up so much of my savings. I'm like, okay, mommy, I don't know if I'm coming home. I don't know. All right, boys and girls, I'm there. <laughs> when okay, this thing is when this thing blows over, you know what to do. So you mentioned your uh, family and your parents. Uh, were they supportive of, supportive of you when you started down the wrestling career? Yeah, yeah, actually. Because, I mean, my, especially my brother, you know, he's a, he's a wrestling fan. When I told him, he cried. Wow. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. And then on his Instagram, it's like there's constantly pictures of me on his Instagram. Oh, well, that's cute. He's super have, happy have, about it. Have they seen you perform live already? The first time they've seen me perform live was last Saturday when we live wow, nice, my nice. match. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. At least wow. they've seen you. So they'll uh, be able to see me again this Saturday. So. Uh, is your brother also a huge fan of Puro or is he only into WWE? He mostly just knows WWE. But I think he's starting to branch out into other promotions, although I'm not sure. You should yeah, definitely he, branch out to Ice Ribbon, right? At the very I least. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he, he, has, he has other hobbies that he's really into. He's too much into Godzilla to really give <laughs> wrestling a big, how, you know, big amount long, of his... Sorry. Uh, how long okay. were you already uh, in Japan? Or how long had you settled, like, after you'd settled the visas and all that and found uh, a regular job? How long was that until you uh, started training with Ice Ribbon? Hello. Did yeah, you get... Sorry, you're breaking up. Oh no, uh, choppy at I, I was asking how long uh, was it between yung time na nakahanap ng job and you were all settled in until uh, you started training. Uh, 
Uh, well, oh, there. When I started training, I came and twenty. Actually, I came to Japan a year before TWO launched. Um, I I arrived in Japan December twenty. And hello, sorry, am I uh, breaking up? Yeah, you're yeah, breaking yeah, up. Yeah, kind of it. Uh, can we just do a quick mic check? Let's see if this is working. Hold on, hold on. Oh my God, my internet is failing me. Alas, sinasabihan ka na ng hampas lupa internet ni Kamus. Yeah. Okay na? Okay na? Yeah, yeah, I think that's better. Better, better. Okay. Okay. So, what does I say? Oh yeah. So, I I arrived in Japan December 2012. And then, mm-hmm. I started training at Ice Ribbon November 2017. So, that's what? Five years? Huh? I've been in Japan for five years by that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that so was like, pretty much settled. Yeah, yeah. Parang ano ka na talaga, uh, ando ka na talaga. Um, when did you realize that uh, you were all about the life of being a wrestler? Like you said that you wanted to start just being a casual, right? And then uh, you didn't have any visions of going all the way into being a full-time wrestler. And then now here you are, you're a mainstay on the roster of Ice Ribbon. Like when did that uh, switch get flipped? It's just, I don't know, I think they gently transition you into it. It's kind of like frog in boiling water. Um, so I started, you know, like twice a week, and then I started doing three times a week, and then I started helping out in the big events. I started becoming staff, and then the fans started knowing my name, and then before I knew it, I was doing like the student exhibition matches, and then before I knew it, I was just like, wow, I'm already here full time. It just, it just became my life without me realizing it. Uh, Kamas is asking, in hindsight, knowing what you know now, going through the debut process that you went through, was that helpful with you connecting with the audience? Hmm. I don't know about connecting with the audience. Because uh, for the audience, it's kind of like a, a different thing. Uh, how do you describe your relationship with the audience? A Japanese audience, they're very, they're very passionate and they're very affectionate. Towards the wrestlers, um, if you see like if you see them interact with us on Twitter, you know they're like, oh yapi, gambate, gambate, do your best. I'm cheering for you. It's very rare that I hear criticism from them. So for them, it's all about the love for the wrestlers. So it's not like like my, uh, the experience I got from the debut pass from the training. It actually affects how I treat my kohais. Uh, Senpai Kohai. So okay. it affects on how I treat everybody after me. And also how I how I treat everyone around me. Like when I see uh when I see a veteran wrestler, oh my god, like you've been through so much. You know, and when I see someone who's new and then, you know, it's like, well, okay, so um their performance level isn't quite there yet, but I remember when I was that. So, you know, we just talk to each other. Um, after matches, we usually give each other feedback. Um, if you're somebody senpai, they will ask you for your feedback after a match. Okay, okay. You know, and you know, after everything I've been through, I just promise myself I'm going to be the kindest senpai ever. I will never make anyone cry. <laughs> uh, we've got JDL checking in and saying hi off of the Facebook page. 
So uh, for those of you who want to send in your questions or if you want to say hi to Yappy, you can do that on facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. Uh, you mentioned the relationship between uh, the veterans and the senpais or the kohais and the, and the younger wrestlers. Um, how does it, how is it for you that uh, you said you started training when generally women wrestlers are retiring by that age? So uh, there, I'm sure that there are senpais who are younger than you. How do you manage that? All of my senpais are younger than me. <laughs> so how does that work out? Well, the thing is, they didn't know how old I was. They actually thought I was younger than them. Wow. For some, some, for some funny reason. Yeah, to be and fair, you don't look your age, if that makes sense. Like, you look <laughs> younger than when you said you started training at 37. So, even I was shocked. Yeah, well, I think uh, I... I, I, I I credit my years of being a hermit. You know, the sun, <laughs> the sun really ages you, and I never went out in the sun in my first thirty years. So actually, hey. actually, <laughs> that is that is but true. That makes sense. In the beginning, it was hard for me. Like you know, um, I I'm I'm bowing and following orders from someone who's seventeen years old. Yeah, and I can imagine yeah. how weird that must be. Right, I'm 37. Like I'm, I was 39, and she's 17, and she's telling me what to do. And I'm like, oh my god, like what is this? But then, I mean, after a while, you just get used to it. You you, you realize that this is how things are done. And then, but even the, like uh, recently, like one of our young wrestlers, she's how old is she? I think she's also 17. She recently wrote a blog um, for the fans, and she was talking about how even if I'm her kohai professionally we were talking about life and she's like, Oh my God, Yappy has so much life experience and she really helped me out and figuring out myself as I become an adult. So, you know, there's that, there's that professional relationship and non-professional relationship that, you know, comes through. So people just compartmentalize. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's not entirely compartmentalized. Like when we were talking about life issues, I was talking to her as an adult who's, you know, someone who's her senior in life but my speech patterns were still somebody who's lower than her professionally because in Japanese culture your speech patterns are very important like how you speak to a senpai is very important I guess Ooh, the okay. closest thing that uh, we can equate to that na, na culturally familiar tayo is like the use of po and opo. but even then it's, it, it's nothing compared to like a, an entire difference in speech code or speech pattern yeah, yeah. So even like the words that you use. So like example, I'm, I'm going to say like if I'm hungry, I'm going to say casually. I would say ah, But then when I'm talking to a senpai, ah, same as So it's yeah, that entirely different. different. Yeah. Yeah. The context clues then Skype pa Yeah. So okay. Even like you know da or this. Kamos is asking, do you like the style of feedback or the dojo system? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get Kamos. You're going to have to clarify that. No, no, no. Uh, I think what he's trying to ask is, uh, you mentioned that you tried to be positive with each other, or you know, you implied that you were trying to be positive with each other when you yeah. your feedback and all that. Uh, do you prefer that? Is that something that uh, you really like about the way you get feedback from your senpais or the way the dojo system is set up? Well, the feedback, it really depends on the senpai, how they're going to deliver it. Okay. I have some senpais who are very positive when they give feedback. 
And right, my senpais right. were very gentle. I have some senpais who, before I approach them, I'm like, okay, okay, breathe deeply. Oh my God, what's she going to say? What's she going to say? And I'm just like bracing myself for what she's going to say. And I'm like, ah, okay, okay, <laughs> I did okay. Ooh. But is this, uh, yeah. is this part of Japanese wrestling culture now after each match, you have to ask a senpai what they thought? Okay, if you okay. don't, it's considered rude. Oh, wow. Yeah. I learn something it's new like, every day. Oh. Yeah, it's like, see, no ka. you think uh, you're good enough, you, you think you're too good for my feedback? Ah, and then they, in turn, they have to watch everything then to give you feedback. Um, not necessarily. Um, okay, okay. Just the one thing. If, you, if they didn't watch, they'll tell you, sorry, I didn't see it. Okay, okay, okay. But gotcha. even okay. if you know that they did not see it, it's still yeah. customary to uh, to approach them. You have to and go like approach can... each and every single one. Yeah, you have to go and <laughs> okay. I, I I fought the fifth match today. Please, I'd like to hear your feedback. And then they say, oh, I didn't see it, or they tell you. <laughs> okay. Every but, single one yeah. from the and then by rank. So you start with the highest rank, and then you go lower until wow. finally yeah. the one. <laughs> That's incredibly that is... OC, but I like it. But that is tough for an introvert, though. Yeah, but also because, and the reason, because so the higher ranks, when they finish giving their feedback, they can go home before everyone. Yeah, so with that, with that being said, was it difficult to navigate uh, the customs and the cultural sort of barrier uh, of Japanese wrestling or Joshi wrestling? It was kind of difficult, especially for me, because um, number one, I already spoke Japanese, and number two, I'm I you know I kind of look Japanese, so they put me on the same standards as any Japanese person. We we recently acquired we recently acquired a new wrestler who's from Austria, and her Japanese is very minimal, and you know she looks very Western, so they're they're more gentle on her. But for me, it's like, you know, oh, you're going to be treated exactly like any other Japanese person here. And so when I make a mistake, I, I'm really going to hear about it. So, uh, okay. yeah, if I spoke to a senpai too casually, or I entered Korakuen Hall and I didn't greet my senpais. So, so what you do when you go to a venue, when you see a senpai, if they're higher ranked than you, you have to drop whatever you're doing and run to them and greet them. Wow. So that's how it, and I did not do that. I was like, Yabby, why didn't you do that? Go greet your senpai. And then, you know, I have to, like, if my senpai, like when we're setting up, example, I'm not doing anything and I see my senpai sweeping, I have to immediately go to her and say, I'm going to sweep for you. And even if they try to refuse, you cannot let them refuse. You have to do it for <laughs> yourself. Wow. wow. That um, is hardcore cool. honor. You mentioned something earlier about being an introvert. And um, in wrestling, you have to go out and you have to play a very outsized version of yourself or a very larger-than-life character. How do you manage that given uh, you are a self-admitted introvert? I'm one of those introverts who, are actually, who actually look like extroverts. So I, I enjoy spending time with people. I enjoy being you know, out there and interacting but after that, I just want to go home and be alone. Which, uh, is, yeah. which is the reason, the main reason why I don't live in the dorms. Okay. 
which is actually could have been really, you know, money saving because, you know, instead of paying rent, I can just live in the dorm. But no, I, I value my me time a lot. So that's how I, that's how I recollect myself. Yeah, I guess you could look at it as uh, the price you pay so you could have that, uh, that luxury of recharging. Yeah. Also, Japanese fans, you know, they're a little bit different than Western fans. Because um, uh, I think Japanese as a culture is also slightly introverted. And so even like when you watch a Japanese show, they don't cheer as loudly as Westerners do. Yes, you know? yes. Like Westerners will have the chance of, this is awesome. Yeah. And in, in Japan, you know, they like, even like when I see the photos from our shows, like I would see a fan's face in the background and they're scowling. I'm like, are they enjoying themselves? They're like, you know, the whole match, <laughs> they're like, I'm like, okay, lang ba siya? I said, okay, but he's there every match. And then he's there buying work. So I guess he's enjoying himself. But usually, how a wrestling show in Japan sounds like, it's like quiet. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, with like a couple of random uh, people shouting at wh- whoever's in the ring. Like, if it's you, yappy, yappy. Like, yeah, they're just yeah, trying yeah, to shout yeah, yeah. and get their attention, diba? That's why in, in Joshi Wrestling, we have seconds who do the cheering. Because otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be a really quiet arena. But uh, we do going, encourage the fans to cheer. Growing up as a fan of Western wrestling, did, uh, did, you have any, did you feel any culture shock about how the Japanese crowds would be a little more quiet? A little bit, yeah. Because um, I was surprised. Like my first Joshi show, I was surprised that instead of the crowd cheering, it was the other wrestlers cheering. And so that was my first exposure to that. And like, oh my, and, and even me, I was like, ah! and I realized <laughs> I'm the only one doing that. <laughs> but then I talked to my senpais about it because I actually uh, took some videos when I watched TWR last year. Right, and then right. I showed it to my senpais and like, oh my God, I'm getting the crowd. Oh my God, I want the crowd to be like that. So, so you're saying that you guys, you came my wrestlers, you actually want the crowds to be more to be louder and be more yeah, vocal. Yeah, of course. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, you guys are performers, so, you know, you get your energy from the audience. Yeah. So, and that's why, you know, as seconds, we're supposed, because um, the audience is a little bit quiet, so we're trying to give our energy to our, to whoever's in the ring, because it helps them. Right. Uh, you mentioned uh, coming on over here and catching a PWR show live. I think I was there in the locker room when you visited backstage and talked to JDL. Uh, what were your impressions of PWR? Because I assume that was your first time watching a PWR show. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was well, your impression what? coming in? The first thing, though, I was like, oh my God, our matches are so long. <laughs> guilty, yeah, yeah. Guilty, guilty. Like, your, your, your shows are, like, I think, one match is like 30 minutes and then the main event is one hour, right? I think that show you caught, yeah, that was the case. Um, parang Vendetta ata yun? Was it like, oh, is that the two out of three falls match? No, that's Revo Exit. No, 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 no. Yeah, that you're talking about. It was about late last year. Five, man. Are you and you and Vendetta? Yeah, five ah, match. yeah, okay, Vendetta. In my Survivor right. Series match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matibay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Lahe. Yes, no it wasn't a lie. There we go. It was a lie. Yeah. Like uh, in a Joshi show, a match would be anywhere between 8 to 15 minutes. 15 minutes is already right. long. Right, main right. event has a 30 minute limit so yeah 
30 minutes was the longest we would go. So I was like, oh my God, the stamina. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and, and that's standard for all Joshi promotions? Or? Pretty much, yeah. So about, yeah. About 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes per match. So although like um, I enjoyed your crowd a lot, so your crowd was very enthusiastic, and then you know I, I thought like the way you interacted with the crowd was very nice. Your entrances were very nice, very good production. Like so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So thanks for having me there. <laughs> thanks for having me visit the show. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool that uh, you know that well for starters that you exist because you're uh, a filipino wrestler in japan um i mean there are phil am wrestlers and i'm sure there are a lot of other wrestlers that are of filipino ethnicity phil but, Aussie. yeah well yeah ro like robbie eagles but like in your case you're the first filipino born wrestler to perform at korakan and everybody who knows um wrestling knows how legendary a venue that is so can you can you talk about that you just that feeling of you making history in that way yeah, the thing is, I know it's like, uh, it was weird because like my first my 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 first fight in Korakuen Hall, yeah, and I think it was Kali who pointed it out that are you the first you know homegrown rest uh homegrown Filipino wrestler to fight there and I, and I was like, oh my god, I am, and then I was thinking, <laughs> why me? It's like I I don't think it should be me. And then the so, yeah, and then yeah. I was just like, hey, really, should it really be me? Because I don't think I should. I don't know. I just didn't. I, I was having like severe, uh, what's that? What's that syndrome? Imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome. I was having yeah. severe imposter syndrome being there. So yeah, I, I even, you know, like facing all the wrestlers, like being in front of Toyota Manami. And I almost had a match with Jaguar Yokota, Yokota before the whole coronavirus thing. Like Jaguar Yokota has been a wrestler longer than I've been alive. And, wow. wow. You know, and there's Aja Kong, who also yeah. comes to our events. And I'm like, yeah. and you know, I'm introducing myself to Aja Kong. And I'm like, why why me? And I met Lady Beard. And we're like, why am I talking to Lady Beard? <laughs> Lady Beard. <laughs> so he's a really nice guy. Lady Beard's really nice. So yeah, it's just, I, I, I until now, I still feel imposter syndrome a lot because... I don't know. It's like I, I didn't even plan on being here and here I am. But I mean, I am loving it and I'm really grateful. You know, so. Uh. When was that moment or have you had that moment where it hits you Nah, I've made it or like I'm, I'm someone in this industry. Now, you don't necessarily have to call yourself like a big star, but like I've uh, made a moment or I've made an impact in this business. I think it was the first time that I saw my picture in uh, in shoe pro in weekly pro wrestling magazine so so wow. i was like you know i mean i used to buy that magazine <laughs> and then suddenly i'm in it and i'm like i'm in weekly pro wrestling magazine ah! i sent it to my mom <laughs> so she has a collection uh, of all the magazines that i have a i have an appearance in so latest one is uh Joshi Protest Magazine. Ooh, I'm in the back nice. cover. <laughs> nice. 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 Okay, Kamos so has it's, another... It's... Oh, sure. Sorry. Uh, he's asking, who makes or has made you the most starstruck? Toyota Manami. Manami Toyota, definitely. Because I was also thinking, because um, I actually didn't make it... Um, by the time I entered the Ice Urban Dojo, she already retired from wrestling. 
So I thought, oh, there's my chance of ever seeing her. Of there was there goes my dream of you know being in the same building as her. And suddenly it was announced that she was going to be Icerwind supervisor. Wow. And then so yeah, then I introduced myself to her, and now she calls me Yapi Chan, and I'm like. <laughs> and the Chan is a term of endearment, right? Yeah. Like you don't you don't call acquaintances Chan. You call your, you know, people who are close to you or you know, like like um your your beloved Kohai's Chan. So that that is yeah. And also like, you know, some restaurants that I really loved that I was able to introduce myself to. So yeah, introducing myself to to Lady Beard was kind of special. And uh, the legendary wrestlers, any legendary wrestler is, is special. And my favorite deathmatch wrestler, which is uh, Jun Kasai, that is, that's really special. And the funny thing is, like, um, one of my favorite wrestlers in the current generation, Rina Yamashita. And I always used to tell my, my other classmates in the, in the wrestling, in the wrestling lessons, I would tell them that Rina Yamashita is the most perfect human being on earth. And then suddenly for my debut, they told me that she was going to be my tag partner. Wow. And, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> And so she's like talking to me, okay, so how are we going to do this match? And I'm like, I'll do anything you want me to do. <laughs> just, just, just order me around. We've got a question yeah. here off the Facebook page from Francis Felix Falgi who asks, do you have a dream matchup if you ever find yourself wrestling in PWR one day? Dream matchup? Oh my God! Ah, this is or maybe hard, from but... among whom uh, you've seen in PWR, whether at the show you attended or online. I have a few ideas because there's a Singaporean fan who's a fan of PWR and also a fan of Izurbo, and she keeps telling me I should fight Crystal. Yes. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And also, Crystal and I are both guillotine droppers. So wow. she has that her queen's finisher? guillotine, and I have my guillotine drop. So Interesting. Is that your finisher as well? Um, no, it's not my finish. One of my big attacks. My finisher is Chokeslam, because I love Undertaker. All right. Ah, oh. there it is. Uh, on that note, uh, someone also asked, uh, I think it was the same person, uh, for those who want to be fam- be more familiar with your work, uh, which matches of yours that are available online or wherever should they watch first? Ah, the thing is, um, the matches that are available online, they're behind the paywall. I think some people are willing to pay, them behind the, pay for the <laughs> subscription service. Let me see. Um, okay, so I'm going to you know, um, come in with a disclaimer that I am a rookie. My career is under one year. Okay, so don't expect any main events. But I think my most notable matches would be uh, Shinkiba in December because that was my first victory, my first pin, the, the my first pinfall. Um, my recent one uh, against my tag team partner Hiragi Kurumi. So the thing about Kurumi. She's 20 years old, and I'm 40 years old, but she's 10 years my senior. Wow. Yeah. So she is already entering that sort of legendary tier of wrestlers. So I got, I got pummeled really bad, but I thought it was a fun match. Actually, you can see that match on YouTube. So on Ice Ribbon's YouTube. Although, um, 
it is on a very low frame rate because we're also selling DVDs on it. So if you just want to see right. the match, you can see it on YouTube. And then if you want to get the good quality, then you can buy the DVD or subscribe to our Nico Nico channel for 550 yen a month. Ooh, it's not bad. Yeah, it is. For 550 yen a month, our back catalog goes back 10 years. So even before like an old ice ribbon. And so you'll see like an ex-ice ribbon wrestlers. There's like uh, Hikaroshida. You would see Hikaroshida over there. Wow. And you would see, I think we have some matches with Riho and some old, you know, former ice ribbon wrestlers. So we have a very big back catalog. Hindi na kayo nakaabutan ni Shida or Riho in the locker room? Uh, not Riho, but Shida. Shida was our main event a couple of years ago. It, I think it was in Ribbon Mania 2018. Oh, so that's only about a year and a half ago. So Ribbon Mania 2018, she was our main eventer. Wow. So, Pretty recent, yeah. yeah. So um, among yes, the... Sorry, ice, sorry, sorry, Stan, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, among go. the present and past... Uh, Joshi's you've encountered. Is there somebody you were you really want to face that you haven't gotten the opportunity to? Um, let me see. There's that other um, you know, Hikarushida's tag team partner, Shuri Kondo. Yes, she's wrestled so she's here. She's half okay. Filipino. Yeah, yeah, she's half Filipino. I faced her in a, a three versus three match. I don't think I'm at the level to face her in the singles yet, but someday I would like to. Filipino versus Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to ask. Japanese. I want to ask about you also uh, being a UP alumna. So uh, Ro and I are also from UP. So when I uh, when I found out that you're also an ISCA, that uh, really made me happy. Which college did you go to? Can you guess? Fine arts. Uh, yeah, probably fine arts. Yes. <laughs> so Viscom, fine art. So actually, hey. I was I was working in advertising for a while. Okay. So Even here, Sapinas, you were uh, in advertising, or you didn't get a job here in the Philippines before. I was in I was an AD for Campaigns in Grey. So oh, our heart goes out so, to all so our. So I have, <laughs> I have, yeah, I have commercials with like you know Ann Curtis, and I. I had commercials for Del Monte and stuff like that. So I did what everybody else back home did. Do people know, na, like, do people in the wrestling industry in Japan, for example, know that that was like your, your previous life? Oh, yeah. It's in, it's in the souvenir program. Ooh. Yeah. So actually, because I don't have, uh, I don't have, a, my, I don't have a permanent catchphrase yet when they enter me into the ring. So right now, they call me the fighting illustrator. So, <laughs> <laughs> placeholder tagline lang siya for now. Yeah, it's like someday, you know, maybe when I have a, when I when I when I get into a feud with somebody and then something happens to me and then I I, I grab I get some character or something, then maybe we can change to that. But right now they just call me the fighting illustrator. Because also I I one of my jobs at Iser, but I make illustrations of the wrestlers and I sell them to the fans. Does Ice Ribbon also have commentators? Because I remember you mentioned yung, uh, your match against your tag team partner and how she's younger than you, but she's so much more experienced than you are. Because like, I, I, I would figure as a commentator, that would be so much fodder for material. So do you guys have uh, commentators? During live shows, no. Um, and although our YouTube, our YouTube uh, live streams that have just started up recently are commentated, 
So we have a commentator there, and they did mention that during the fight. Um, also, Nico 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 Pro Wrestling Channel would often air the big shows from many promotions. Maybe a week after the the a week after a big show happens, they will air footage of that on their channel, and it's going to be available for one week. And they will usually have a guest from that promotion to to comment while the show is going on. So that's so how it's I'm, done. But at the show itself, yeah. Sorry, I am actually curious about. Ice Ribbon itself. Um, can you tell me more or us more about the company, how big it is, where it's based off, um, how many shows you guys have a year? So how many wrestlers do we have right now? I think we have about maybe about 20 wrestlers or roster. Um, the, the, how old is Ice Ribbon? I, they celebrated their 10-year anniversary in 2016. So um, I, I don't know if you're you are aware that the founder is Emi Sakura. No, yes. Yeah, yes, and then but uh, so and but and then continued. Uh, so yeah, so so how old is it now? So twenty at ten, six, twelve years, maybe twelve years okay. old. Twenty people on the roster, and then we have uh, regulars from other promotions also coming in. So mostly we like to get guests from Actress Girls, from Marvelous Pro Wrestling, from Seedling. So those are our friend promotions. And we also hire freelancers. And also one of our mainstays is uh, Kai, Ram Kaicho from Triple Six Pro Wrestling, the wrestling of darkness. So Yeah, I remember you telling me about that promotion and I looked it up and I was like, huh, what, what, what a very odd name. Crazy, that's crazy, <laughs> they're great. Wrestling of darkness. <laughs> yeah, six six six. Pa yung pangalan, eh. <laughs> and then how many shows? Like before the whole coronavirus thing happened, uh, we would average maybe two to three shows a week. So on on Wednesdays we have a rookie centric show called Peace Party. So that's Wednesdays at seven p.m. And then we have the dojo show on Saturdays. And then we would do a big show on Sunday. So sometimes I would do a show on Wednesday and then do a show on Saturday. And then we would spend the night at the dojo because like in three at the morning, three in the morning, we're going to get on the bus and drive to Osaka or to Sendai or whatever other city to do a show there. And then in the summer, uh, we would do a summer festival where it's like two shows a day for four days. And wow. that also usually happens in Golden Week. So it's called the Pro Wrestling Festival, which is also four, four days of wrestling. With, and that's in collaboration with other promotions. So yeah, unfortunately, that's, that's, that's not happening this year. So As we wind down here, we're like uh, about an hour in. Uh, we don't want to keep you too long because you might uh, have to be up, to, uh, up early tomorrow. Or you, might, you might have something uh, else lined up for tonight. Um, uh, we're down to our last few questions. So I'll start with this one. Um, have you gotten recognized in public at this point? Like, do people go up to you and recognize you as Yappy from Ice Ribbon? I think just one time, I was getting off the train. And as I got off the train and the door was about to close, someone behind me said, Yappy Senshu. <laughs> so Senshu means like fighter. So the, the, way <laughs> nice, they, nice. the way they call wrestlers, instead of sometimes they call you Yappy San or they would call you Yappy Senshu. So just as I got off, Yapi sent you, and I looked back, and they just bowed, and that was it. <laughs> so what did because you do? I mean, what, did, what did you do when that happened? When you saw somebody bow? I bowed back. back. 
<laughs> you have <laughs> the most respectful fan interaction. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly because they know that they're not really allowed to approach us in public. Oh, what? Wait, what? Yeah. So it's actually it's in the it's and if you go to um a lot of Joshi uh, pro wrestling promotions websites, it's in the websites that please like uh, please don't wait for the wrestlers after the show. Please don't approach them in public. Because you know Japanese people are very private, so you know even like on on our on our SNS, we're not supposed to reveal the area that we live in. We don't reveal wow. like if we work, we if we have a another job aside from wrestling, we don't really exactly say what our company is. So it's because also, uh, yeah, it's just to keep the wrestlers safe. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the fans uh, can be creepy. But on that note, though, uh, on that note, uh, I think you've noticed someone when you were here in the Philippines watching PWR. Like after our shows, we have meet and greets, so obviously everyone is encouraged to wait for the wrestlers to come out after the show. So, what did you think of that? And is that something that you would have preferred uh, as a wrestler? Oh, well, within the venue, of course, you're allowed because um, okay, right. actually, what happens, you know, after after the show, we go to the goods area, the merchandise area. Okay, okay. And that's where people line up to buy portraits from us. So right. I'm still there. That's encouraged. But then outside the venue, that's that's off limits. Uh, right. That's fair as well. Yeah. Is yeah. that okay. just a Joshi thing though? Or like for male wrestlers, if like if I saw like Hiroshi Tanahashi at a 7-Eleven, am I like if I'm such a huge fan, am I this, uh, not allowed to approach him and say hi? I'm actually not sure. And I think also, I think maybe New Japan is under different rules because they're, you know, it's like, they're like WWE level in Japan, yeah. right? Right, right? So there's like this promotion and then there are all the other promotions. Right. So I'm actually not sure how they approach that. And, you know, even like male wrestlers are approached differently. Like uh, there's this other promotion where it's mostly male and then they have a few women mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to take pictures of the women. You can take pictures of the men. You cannot take pictures of the women. Okay. Or you cannot take pictures with the women unless you're also a woman or you're a child. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's incredibly very, specific. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, very, if you're a child. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're very protective of, of the women, especially, you know, like, because it, most of the fans are male. So we, yeah. they want the ah. women to feel safe. And also, like, even um, what's about Ice Ribbon, we have wrestlers that are underage. So we have, I think, three, three wrestlers who are under 20. So 20 is the legal age in Japan. They're not allowed to have social media. They don't have Instagram. They don't have wow. Twitter. Except one. One was given special permission to have a Twitter, but it's heavily monitored just to protect them from, you know, like, internet creeps. Okay. Yeah, no, totally understandable because, you know, as I said earlier, people can be creepy. So, you know, if you can't stop people from being creepy, at least it's, it's nice that the industry is very proactive naman in keeping wrestlers safe. Yeah. And most of the fans also, like, you know, like they, they kind of help. It's like when they see somebody, like, acting inappropriate, they're going to they're gonna say something. So, because okay. I think that's, the fans also, you know, they're the one, especially the ones who are there every show, they've already invested so much into the wrestlers, so they also feel protective towards the wrestlers. Okay. Good on Japanese fans. <laughs> right. Um, Kamus is asking, where can people find your merch and buy them? Uh, we have, uh, um, let me see, prowrestling.jp. 
Well, this is Ice Urban Merc. I, I'm a rookie who doesn't have Merc, but yeah. I sell my illustrations only. But then we, uh, there's this, uh, it's a universal uh, wrestling, wrestling workshop. So it's not just Ice Urban, it's a lot of shops. It's prowrestling.jp. So you can get Merc. We have t shirts, we have DVDs, we have portraits. Um, currently, because you know, because of the coronavirus, because we can't run a lot of shows, we have these um, support portraits. So they're more expensive than our they're double the price of our usual portraits. But the fans are buying them to support us because you know we're we're not working as much these days. So yeah, we have t-shirts, <laughs> t-shirts, towels, pamphlets. There. And uh, before we let you go, for, for our listeners who uh, want to follow you on social media and uh, just say hi or keep tabs on uh, who you're facing for this month or next month, where can people follow you? Hey, so mainly I'm mostly on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is Yapi, so that's Y-A-T-I. So that's the Filipino spelling of my name. Y-A-T-T-Y is the Japanese spelling. And then I'm also on Instagram. On Instagram, it's Yapitori. So instead of Yakitori, Yapitori. <laughs> and then uh, on Facebook, I have a Facebook page. And it's facebook.com slash Yapitori. All right. Uh, Ro, did you want to ask something? Pa? Uh, no, 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 no. I was just going to say no. no. Uh, we've also posted her social media handles on our social media accounts of the wrestling podcast. Yeah, uh, if you need help trying to get to those, we, you can find it on our social media accounts as well. All right. On that note, Yappy, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and for telling us all about your journey, those stories. Really appreciated it. And uh, from all of us back home, you know, really proud that a homegrown Filipino wrestler is making a career in Japan. Uh, thank you, too. Thanks for having me. And I hope you... We you, hope- you, you I hope you can send your girls to Ice Ribbon. <laughs> yeah, we hope so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they want to come, fight with us, stay at our dojo for a couple of weeks. We also hope you that you can come over and wrestle here too. I would love to when all of this yeah. is over. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, please keep safe. I, I hope that you don't uh, have an, any hassles or, or inconveniences while you still have to compete, even though it's an empty arena match. And I hope that everyone at Ice Ribbon and in the entire industry as well uh, remains healthy, you know, uh, and, and that we all get through this pandemic. Yeah, same with you guys. I hope you guys get back in the ring as soon as possible. Thanks, Yappy. Right. Thanks, Yappy. Thanks, Thank Yappy. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Yappy of Ice Ribbon, thank you so much. And uh, if, if you have any questions that you feel like we missed out on, you can send it to us or you can tweet her as well. Uh, she did leave her social media handles for all of us before, uh, before she got off, uh, off the call. We're about to end this week's episode of the podcast, but before we do that, uh, I, I want to ask if you guys have seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode on Jimmy Snuka. No, not yet. Uh, I might... I don't know, I'll probably catch it in the next few days. Uh, I saw last week's Jumper Brawl for All. That was funny as hell. Oh, wow. uh, you know, the feud between Cornette and Russo aside, uh, it was funny too, Anna, to watch it, to hear about everything unfold, especially hearing from Bart Gunn, who won the whole thing. So, uh, but um, we followed, because uh, going back to Jimmy Snooker real quick, we followed that uh, last year, right around the time he died. So it was pretty sad and 
I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna negatively affect uh, Vince McMahon because it's hey, they, you know, when the thing happened, uh, Snuka was uh, in the WWF and it was in his prime, right? So yep. I don't know if there's any blowback to Vince right now today because this issue got dug up. I think it's coming at an interesting time. Now, you know, people are looking at WWE. Na sino kayo pa special kayo essential business kayo? And then Dark Side <laughs> yeah. of the Ring comes out this week. Parang sobrang yeah. timing lang talaga ng lahat, de ba? Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've seen the Snuka episode. It's really dark. Um, it. I think it, that whole series is just dark. Like, well, yes. No, no, it's no. It's title, not. But but Brawl for All was not super dark. Like New Jack. New Jack was not as dark as well. Because New Jack is hilarious. Yeah. Plus, the mass transit incident was just really a bad decision from everyone involved. Na parang yeah. gusto niya ni. Eh. So ano mayon? Yeah. Hindi siya tulad nung hindi siya tulad nung kay Benoit or Jimmy Snuka na someone died, dude. Well, mass well, transit think, is dead, but you know. I think the mass transit part was the darkest part of the of the New Jack episode. But on on the whole, it was pretty light. Because yeah. But, no, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, it, it was pretty light. But the brawl for all, like, it's relatively light. Like, yeah, it's a story of a, of a wrestler whose career didn't, uh, you know, um, advance the way he wanted it to. Pero nakatawa rin yung origin niya na Vince Russo just wanted to get back at Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the Jimmy stuff goes back. super dark. All right, I'll catch that uh, in the next few days. How about I you? actually... Signed on to sorry, I signed on to a new streaming service called QB Quibi. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Quibi is actually a micro streaming service, meaning all their episodes are under 10 minutes long. They release episodes daily. Um, it's grade A content, and one of the episodes, one of the shows they produce right now is from the WWE called Fight Like a Girl. Right, say, right. It's a women's uh, health and fitness show, I guess you could say, where WWE wrestlers like Sasha Banks, I caught that episode earlier. I also caught the Becky Lynch episode, try and help out women who are trying to get on the up and up of life. It's actually good TV for under 10 minutes. You know, it's uh, it's worth catching. So, uh they buy it, you Like they'll start charging you after a ninety-day trial. So right. I'll leave it up to you how you guys access these episodes. But it's, <laughs> I suggest you go uh, and catch it. Okay. okay. Uh, I caught my dad is a heel wrestler last night, and I loved it. Uh, Saktong family friendly, Saktong wholesome, and um, I already like Tanahashi as it is. I love him even more now after having seen this. Uh, if kait na New Japan casual kalang like me, like just seeing the wrestlers and the references to New Japan and to these wrestlers' careers, uh, will will pop you. Like you know when you see the random appearance of Naito and Hiromu, or you see Taguchi as Tanahashi's tag team partner, or guys like Goto and Ishii having a match. Uh, it's really good stuff. So, uh, if if you find a way to watch it, or if you're subscribed to New Japan World, then it, it's really worth a watch. Uh, you need a, you need actually a, a VPN to access it, even if you have a, a paid subscription to New Japan World, because it's not available for access here. So you have to pretend your internet is from the U.S. or Japan, wherever, just to be able to catch it. Yeah, these are basically our picks of the week. Uh, for Camus, he's uh, recommending the episode on Drew McIntyre on WWE Chronicle, just because it's very timely. All right. All right. On that note, 
that's basically it for us on the podcast. Any anything uh, you want to uh, remind people about before we go? Uh, sure. No, I just want to say sorry for uh, for the choppy video on the FB live stream. It really is like that by design. It's not because any of our internet connection is slap soil. Uh, we're told that Facebook is naturally limiting yung video frame rate because everyone's doing live streams at the same time. So there's probably strain on the server. But the audio should be just fine if you're listening to it. <laughs> did we go up against them tonight? We did. Yeah, we kind of did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we kind of are so at good. this point. All right. So good. Uh, so good. Before we get out of here, we've got a couple of special events here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast that we want to promote. First yeah, up, yeah. On Monday, we're going to be doing something special with our friends from the Halo Halo Show. So two OG hey, and a come a together. Podcast. For a special 420 episode because it's going to be on April 20. Hint, 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 <laughs> yeah, but that 420 doesn't mean anything anymore in the yeah, quarantine not in, age. Not in this They canceled, um, I don't know if this is relevant, but they canceled 420 celebrations at Gamas Microdis in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> the governor of California advised every single stoner against going out to celebrate 420. Because it's not Mayor magpasa ng joint pag six feet apart kayo. Pa- pwede ka naman mag-celebrate sa bahay, I guess. Yeah, so, mag-isa. But 4.20 is a big deal in, in San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yes, it is. So yeah, uh, that's happening on Monday. We don't really have a set time for it yet. But once we do, we'll be promoting it on our, on all our social media feeds. So JC Tevez and Rika G, they're going to be part of the show. Or we're going to be part of their show. Let's we're gonna be, no, we're going to be in one big show together. Yeah, uh, one big not, show, one big Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. Wrestling halo halo. I don't I don't even know exactly what we're gonna do, but I'm AKA sure it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, um all yeah. that matters and all you need to know for now is that it's for a good cause. Yes, so yes. This is gonna be a fundraiser show uh between uh a lot of the PNA shows. So um Siling Tag Team partner Namin for this endeavor on Monday. So we'll catch you then. And then on Wednesday we'll we'll be doing this again. And we'll be bringing my new radio tag team partner, Debbie Penn, on the show. And she'll be joined by her boyfriend, Dino Quilates, a.k.a. Dino Imperial, a.k.a. Dizzy Savage, a.k.a. that guy from that segment at PWR Homecoming. <laughs> that guy who beat MSG in the round battle. So, tell me the gear in the segment. Yeah, 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 go for it. Please do. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck not? <laughs> So yeah, uh, so we're gonna do that on Wednesday next week. So siling guests namin for our next episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And if you want to check out something with a really cool wrestling reference, check out Patty Chu's Instagram page right now because she and uh, her fiance Mark Thompson, also from Wave eighty nine point one, are doing this this thing called the On the Fly Funhouse, which. Uh, I don't know about you, but looks a lot like a certain former Universal Champion shtick. Oh nga, may, may, may hawig. Looks familiar. You yes. will. So check that out. It, uh, it's loading right now, but um, if we have to end the show before it even loads, um, it's just on her Instagram. Uh, we do have it on good authority that both Patty Chu and Mark Thompson are huge wrestling fans. Yeah, nag-load na siya. Let me share my screen. Weren't they at the uh, live event? Right, no, no, they haven't. Uh, well, they've seen WWE live in Manila, yes, but they haven't been to a PWR show. And uh, Chino, no, yeah, I was I talking about WWE live. 
Yeah, Chino Ginta and I have been getting them to go catch a PWR event for quite some time now. Um, I have uh, hung out with Mark Thompson at work events, so you know we can talk about it. So there, yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the IG live event I'm talking about. So halata yeah. naman na, na fans din sila, and that's why I've uh, quickly gotten along with Mark. Yeah, so people already on on the comments uh, busting out the the theme song references. Yep. So, alata alata kung sino yung ano yung target market nila. Alam na. Alam John Cena, di ba? Alright, that's it for us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on behalf of Raf Camus and his Slapsoil Internet. Our guest, Yappy, who we are thanking once again, Chino Liao and Romaran. My name is Stan C. Please stay safe, stay healthy, be well, and wash your goddamn hands. We're out of here. Peace. 